What the hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, crown number one. Mary Horn. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hey, welcome in to the new year. Evan, did we surprise you? It's 2016. <laughs> I'm just into the music, Kevin. This is Evan Grant with the Ballsy Podcast from the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day DFW. I am joined by our two typical clowns, Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Clown number one. And Barry Horn, the clown who's in mid-chew. Thanks for having me, Evan. You're welcome. To I'm glad you could be here on my podcast. <laughs> Your podcast? <laughs> Along with... Our esteemed Cowboys expert, David Moore. David, are you out there in the cybersphere? You called me your esteemed expert, but the last two weeks I called and said, hey, do you guys want me on again? And I believe the exact response was, no, we got someone better. Hey, <laughs> you had a better season than Kellen Moore. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, and the more... I'm, I'm, it, among the Moors that were involved in the Cowboys activities this year, you you rank number one in our book. I'm and the I, best available Moor in your eyes. Yeah, and I, I think saying. you're actually taller than Kellen Moore, aren't you? <laughs> I may be. David, Close. the season is, is, can we now say that the Cowboys have been eliminated? Evan, we've been saying that for five or six weeks. But I, yes, I I don't know if Jerry is, I don't know if Jerry had bought that until after yesterday's game, actually. Oh, even even Jerry in his somber moments would would acknowledge that, just not publicly. Now you 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 spoke of, uh, of a somber moment there. I got to tell you, I have never seen Jerry look so giddy during a game, giggling up there with Stephen and and uh, Jerry Jr. and Vince oh, the, and Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon, they're all having a great time, and, and this is the worst season he's had. You know, as as a cowboy coach, or well, it's going back to the to the very. You know what? You know why the they were. Although so, he's not the coach, that was a Freudian slip. That was a Freudian slip. You know why they were so giddy with Vince McMahon in the suite because they were counting up how much money WrestleMania is going to bring. Absolutely, to the, to the absolutely. Why? Well, but my point is, why is Jerry so happy? Money. Aren't you? Aren't you happy that the season is over? Well, I am too. Yes, First I am. Happy I that am. It's over. Yeah, yeah. But you it, know, I, yeah, I mean the fact that again that that finally you're. You're released from what you have seen this season become, uh, knowing that, look, we're not going to play our way out of a, a really premium pick by winning this game and going back a few spots. We're going to wind up at either three or four, and they wound up with the fourth pick in the draft. They could have gone all the way back to eight, uh, given a win. They probably would have wound up, I guess, seven if they would have won. So it was um, a victory. It was it, it, it was. was a victory. It was a win-win for the Cowboys. A crowning victory to this season. It, it was a fitting end to this season, let's say that. Let me, let me put a stop to all this giddiness of, of the end of the season. You usually do. Let, let me bring up a name. No, 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 no! This we'll is what get... people want to hear. People want to hear about the future, and they want to hear about the quarterback of the future. Okay, and you're going to say Cowboys. that Johnny Manziel is I'm the future. I'm not saying it. Is it a possibility he'll be here, David? I find it hard to believe, given all of the focus on this, when you have this much talk on a guy under contract to another team. Uh, uh, certainly. Cleveland will, I think it's fair to say that Johnny Manziel's brief, uh, tumultuous tenure in Cleveland will come to an end this offseason. Clearly, Dallas will be a team they will call and say, 
we know you guys are interested. What would you be interested in giving up? But I don't know that it's going to proceed much beyond there. If if you invested in a first-round pick and he wants to leave, are you going to move him to where he's wanted to go all along? Um, you know, you do if it's still in the best interest of the club. But I just don't know. Look, if you come in here, you're going to have to – what was so much we heard about this season and saw this season that – this team was unable to win with a backup quarterback. So now you're going to have to step back and look at the system that you're running, and is it compatible with the backup quarterback? What are you going to do offensively? If you bring Johnny Manziel in here, you're running a different offensive scheme for your backup than you are for your starter. What would How is he, that what, going to translate if the starter is out? And what would he cost you? Would he cost you a three? Would he cost you a four or five? What is it? What would it be? I can't imagine he would cost you a three. When you look at uh, – when you look at how he's conducted himself this season when he had a chance and moved back into the starting lineup and then frittered that away immediately and then was only put back in because of injuries and then how he conducted himself while he was in the concussion protocol to, to end this season, um, I'm not sure you could get a three for him. Certainly Cleveland would ask. I don't know that any team's going to give up a three for Johnny Manziel at this point. I, I would say a – uh, a four or a five is is a, a a more accurate starting place at this stage. All right, let's let's go back to this for just a second here to to make sure that everybody's aware that Johnny Manziel is in the concussion protocol. Saturday, he was reportedly spotted in Las Vegas at a nightclub in Las Vegas. Did not show up for the Browns uh, game on Sunday. Obviously, David, that's a that's all part of. His exit strategy. Yes, it's part of an exit strategy to get to the Cowboys. And so this is the message that Johnny Manziel is sending, is I'm going to pout and misbehave my way to get what I want. Sound familiar, Evan? Does That's that, kind of like you. Does that sound like the kind of guy you want to bring in here? Because I think that the Cowboys need to start their, their rebuild or their restructuring with this plan. No a-holes. You can't yeah, do say you that want on to podcast, bring in, can you? Yes, you can. Okay. Do you want your backup quarterback and potential quarterback of the future to be a reclamation project? Or do you want a guy that you develop from day one who you feel has all of the attributes and you're just plugging in and you're going to develop him to be ready to take over when Tony Romo is no longer able to play? I just think there, there are a lot of other things that go along with Johnny Manziel and the persona that coming off of a 4-12 and season, I don't know that you want to buy into as a franchise. I, I will say also I get you know, the uh, the report on Vegas in, in the interest of, of fairness, I believe Johnny Manziel tweeted out a photo of him lying on his uh, in his house on the floor this weekend saying indicating that he was still in Ohio when all of these reports were circulating. But even if he was, I would argue most people were buying into the fact that he was in Las Vegas, and even if he wasn't, the belief that that, that is where he wanted to be and that is how he was more likely to conduct his but, concussion protocol rather than lying on the floor. But, but, it, but, but isn't the real question not do you, would you want, would, what Kevin want, what Evan want, what does Jerry Jones want? Does he want him here? Well, th- that, that, that is not a question. That because, is a perfect question. Because we know that Jerry's going to go for whatever is the most high marquee, most uh, – interesting story he's not going to go for the best the best decision so is it going to happen is the owner of the team will he be able to impose his will 
I don't want to hear from you. Let's hear from David. Well, the owner of the team can always impose his will. That being said, Jerry also, if, if everyone else in the room says, Jerry, we don't want to take this on. For where we are, this does not make sense. Look, if you want him, wait another year. He's going to wash out there, too. Then we can bring him in. I, I think you can persuade Jerry that if no one else in the room wants him, he's not going to go against every single person in the organization to bring someone in. So, Which all seems to go back to the Cowboys' very backwards strategy where it relates to – and I, I can't believe that you were still sitting here on the Monday – after the season is over of a four and 12 year and we're devoting a lot of time to the backup quarterback but the Cowboys strategy where backup quarterbacks are concerned seems to be we are interested in going after somebody else's failure but not interested in investing into somebody who might have a future is that right that has certainly been right up to this stage I believe that is you're about to see a shift in that because one how this season unfolded Two, Tony Romo's age and, and the injuries he underwent this year. Three, the fact that, in essence, really, you look at Tony Romo's contract, uh, you're tied down for two more years with big money, and then you're out from underneath it. This is the time to draft and de- develop a quarterback of the future. I believe there will be serious discussion given to taking a quarterback in the first round of this draft. We, we heard from Stephen Jones, uh, who, who said that. Uh, and, of course, he said the same thing that Jerry always says, and it, and it just supports the, the criticism of Jerry all along, which was, I'm not going to take a quarterback with a high pick because this guy's just going to sit around for two or three years. I can't, I can't afford to let a guy do that. I, I sense, that, as you have said, though, that there, there is a shift here because it seems to me that Jerry has now become enamored with that idea, that, that this is what we do now. We've we're, we got a high pick, and maybe we can put it on one of these guys. Do you think that Jerry has come to that decision because he believes they can get a quality quarterback or because this is what fans want to see. This will get fans excited if we get a quarterback and we can hype him and say this is our quarterback of the future. Well, I think all that factors in with Jerry, and that hits to another thing about Jerry's decision-making. He doesn't make decisions in a vacuum or from a pure football sense. He also makes decisions based from a marketing standpoint on what it will mean for his franchise. Um, you know, the you always hear about you know fan voting, where where's you know American Idol or The Voice or something like that. And in a lot of ways, I think Jerry actually a percentage of his thought making and decision making process is taking the public temperature and and knowing what you know fans want. Uh, to a fault sometimes. So I think that actually actually factors in. Now, it doesn't carry the weight of what Stephen has to say or Will McClay or, or, or Jason Garrett, uh, but it factors in. And because of that, I don't think you always get pure football decisions at every stage of the draft. I think you have different sort of arguments come in to, to move uh, you know, the, the discussion in, in ways that you wouldn't otherwise if a man who is only dedicated to football was in the room. So I think for a lot of reasons that, that Jerry this year is, is more open to using a first-round pick on a quarterback. That being said, I, I still feel this is more about where Tony Romo is in his career. If this had happened 
if Tony Romo was 31 years old and was coming off a season where he played only part of four games and had two broken collarbones, would Jerry Jones be considering using a first-round pick on a quarterback? No, he would not. All right, now we're we're done. Talk. We got to talk about a lot of things here. So let's let's move on from quarterback. Let's talk about. Yeah, let's move on from the backup quarterback. Can let's, I can I do something we've not, not done on this podcast yet? What? What's that, producer Brian? Do we have breaking news news music? Can can we get some? I'm going to give you the rating from yesterday's Cowboy game, which I just which I just received. It was a season low. Okay, it was it's probably the worst rating they've had in a game in the last ten years. Okay, it was a twenty point four. Which is hard. Which is a horrible number for them. Do you think when Jerry sees that, will will he have some reaction? People didn't care to watch the game. That makes no difference. I, I think you look at this team and it seems so terrible. They're going. They're playing against a team that had already clinched. It was obviously going to bench its starting quarterback. And people felt like, why would I watch this game? Doesn't matter. The the the, the, the there were empty seats there. Might have mattered a little bit, but the fact is, the game was was the game not sold out. It was so bad. People didn't but people watch. Didn't go. He, and, he, and, he, and they didn't they watch. Did, it. They didn't watch. So uh, they're, 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 but cowboy fans are going to watch next. Is year that the breaking, breaking news, news music? You consider that breaking news? <laughs> wow. Yes, I gave you a number for Barry. That's breaking news. That's oh, matter of fact. We should gosh. probably tell yeah, well, uh, Gary Level, the sports yeah. editor. Well, this is, uh, but let's let's move on. Thank you for that. Thanks, Barry. News, but, okay, and now go back to sleep. Okay. Uh, I want to know this for that, Kevin. I want to know this. What right. do you want to know? And I'll let you know if, 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 okay, thanks if it's very worthwhile. Much. Uh, we're going to talk about, are these guys coming back? Is Rolando McClain and Greg Hardy coming back? Good question. Both. Rolando McClain, uh, there's a chance he can come back. I, I think that it's 50-50 at best. Greg Hardy is going to be very interesting because I believe other teams will look at what Dallas went through off the field from a public relations standpoint and even though it won't be as intense as what Dallas went through, they know that is what they're going to go through. So that will eliminate some teams. Other teams with that laid on top of it will say, well, what did this guy produce on the field Thank you. for the final six to seven weeks of the season? That clearly in no way merits our interest in him, given all of the other attention and everything else that goes with it. That will eliminate some others. You put those factors together – I think that Greg Hardy will be a very reasonable player to acquire in the free agent market. He did not he did not maximize his worth with this season. He's not going to get the contract he wants. I believe it's going to be a, a really a second tier contract at best. So from that standpoint, financially, I think the Cowboys will have a discussion because I think they can get him cheaper than what they did this year. All of that being said, personally, I do not believe Greg Hardy will be back, but I believe it will be discussed. All right, David, this defense regressed this year. Can we agree on that? It regressed from forcing turnovers. In, in a lot of ways, it played better down in and down out, but it was severely flawed for its inability to put pressure on the quarterback and create turnovers. Yes. And does somebody bear the responsibility for that? Because we can talk about the lack of skill players on offense and the injuries that they sub, sub, sub that they suffered. Suffered is a difficult word for me to <laughs> to get out. Man, I was trying to help you. I just couldn't figure out what you were trying to say. But the defense, well, you're I think, in the concussion protocol as well. Yeah, uh, so well, it has it, been for 20 years. It, it's a little bit more than concussion with me. Uh, 
but the defense was relatively healthy, and the defense added added players this year. The only injury on the defensive side was Scandrick. So who bears responsibility for the fact that the defense seemed to take a step back? Well, you know, they, they felt they upgraded their pass rush significantly. You did not see that happen. Um, you saw that they had no one on the back end capable of making plays. Uh, they finished with 11 turnovers. That is a franchise low. It also ties an NFL low for a season with Baltimore back in 81 and the Texans, I believe, two years ago. So I believe they have some good, solid players in place defensively, but they don't have playmakers. Now, the, the other thing they have to sift through and what they will do in this evaluation process is how much of our inability to force turnovers this year was due to the fact that our offense didn't get any big leads, didn't scare anyone, and every offense we played took a conservative approach because they knew our offense wouldn't challenge them and they were just waiting for their opportunities to to hit us. And, And that's what happened. And I do think that factored into it. But if you're looking at an overhaul defensively, I don't believe you'll see that. I believe you'll see... um, Now, when you have your two starting corners and neither has had an interception in more than a year, (laughs) when the two interceptions in your secondary came by players who were picked up off the street and they got interceptions three and four days later after they arrived to the team. Those are your only interceptions by a cornerback. I think you're going to look for a playmaking cornerback in this draft. Um, I think in the first two rounds, I would be surprised if the Cowboys did not take a cornerback. Um, they will look in the free agent market as they did with Brandon Carr, but traditionally you're overpaying for a player when you do that. So they're going to look to add some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. So who's going to, who, that, that's easier said than done. So who's going to be back? Is Claiborne going to be back? Is Carr going to be back? One or, or neither? You know, my belief is that, that Claiborne, um, he had a solid season. He's a guy you'd like in the rotation. He's a guy who's not going to break the bank. He would like to come back here next year. I believe he'll probably work out something with, with Morris Claiborne where he'll, where he'll return. Uh, because I just don't know that the market's going to be that great for him. Brandon Carr is a player last year they went to, tried to get him to cut his salary in half, basically. And Brandon Carr stepped back and looked at the situation and said, look, you know, sure you like Orlando Skandrick, but you don't know if Mo Claiborne's going to be able to come back and help you. Sure you use a first-round pick on Byron Jones, but are you going to stick, put him, and as a starting cornerback from day one, when you're not sure whether he's a corner or a safety, I'm not going to take a pay cut. And Dallas backed off. Now, Carr's in the final year of his deal. I believe Dallas will go to Carr again this year and say, look, dynamics have changed. We either want you to cut your pay in half or we're going to cut you. And because we can, we can pick up another corner in the free agent market who's not going to intercept the ball for two years. And I believe that – if Brandon Carr wants to return, it will be at a reduced rate. So I, I think it's, I think it's probably unlikely that Carr returns, but I could still see it happening. So who, in the end, uh, we've seen Brandon Whedon, who I was never on board with as a backup quarterback. Oh, let's go back to the but tape. I think you you called him a excellent game. I manager. did not, but he fa- he fails here. He goes to Houston and he wins there. Uh, so. Uh, 
when we look at what this team has done offensively and what this team has done defensively, and we've talked about personnel, when are we going to start putting some of the blame on the, the coaches, the guys who are coaching these people up? Well, I would say that Brandon Weed won in Houston because once he got a lead in the fourth quarter of the game, I believe the Texans forced two turnovers in the final six minutes of that game. Uh, their defense actually stepped up and responded to what Brandon Whedon did. Uh, this year, constantly, whether it was offense or defense, you never saw the other side step up to support uh, any plays that the other side made. Now, there were precious few plays made on either side of the ball. I, I recognize that. But your point to coaches, I think, is, is correct. And it, it, in my mind, if you're looking to – cast blame for this season and, and order it in some way, shape, or form. You know, I do believe injuries are number one because of injuries of who they were to. But two, I would put coaching. And I thought this was a very poor coaching job this year. Um, you mentioned earlier about, you know, defense and, and not getting pressure and turnovers, that sort of thing. Rod Marinelli has a scheme. He doesn't like to blitz. He likes to get his pressure up front and leaves everyone, you know, in their zones and in their spots so it's easier to uh, – it's more difficult for defense offenses to exploit something. The one game this year he blitzed was the, was the Washington game. They won that game. They got some pressure. They mixed some things up. Did you see that afterwards? Did you see it before? No. I think Jason Garrett and his coaching staff, his coordinators – did not do a good job of adapting to the reality of what this team was. They were too fixated on what they wanted it to be and that this is the way we play. This is our culture. This is our identity. Well, your identity was not going to be your identity of last year because you didn't have the personnel to pull it off. So I don't want to hear about what our identity is. I want you to forge a new identity with this team and this system. And I think, Jason Garrett was woefully uh, did a woeful job of, of doing that. David, that's the kind of provocative insight that we pay you big bucks so exorbitantly for, and and we appreciate that. That is that's some strong statements right there. And um, there will be a little. He's getting something, ready. He's getting ready to kick you off the podcast. There will be a little <laughs> something extra in I your podcast paycheck this week. Uh, we are going to let You'll you go. What's that? You'll double my pay. Uh, we're doubling, tripling. <laughs> name a name name a times that you want it yeah. multiplied, and you'll get that. I think we should thank David profusely for being always being there for us this this season. David, thank you for being far more reliable than Barry. I appreciate being your default guest. Anytime <laughs> someone else cancels five minutes before the podcast, that is not today. true. That, that is not true. We Feel love you, David. We, I just didn't know we were doing Monday. I thought we were doing Tuesday. But thanks yeah, for joining exactly. us, David. Take care, David. Oh, so happy to be a part of this. <laughs> he sounds a little sarcastic. Yeah, there he goes. You know, one of the things that I would say about this this team that, that David just brought up here at the end, talking about the coaching staff. I thought I thought it was great stuff at the at the end about the coaching staff. Well, there's no no question about it because because here's the thing. I, Why I, don't you ever come up with stuff like that? You watch other you watch these other games. I, I don't want to go back to the college thing here, but but uh, but you will. But I will. Let's <laughs> talk, let's talk about Houston and Florida State. And, and, and when they go into that game, Houston is woefully 
outmanned here. They, they don't have the kind of offenses and defensive lines that can match up with the talent that Florida State has. So, Says the Houston graduate. Yeah, there you go. So here's what Tom Herman does. This is why Tom Herman is a big name we'll in college. Next, can we discuss – yep, you're right, and we'll discuss this, I'm sure, in our college podcast. But, but my, my point is is that in that game, he said, we're going to play hurry up, we're going to play fast, we're going to blitz. This is what we're going to – he says – and he at halftime, he tells the guy who comes in to, to talk to him, you never get anything at those halftime – you know, uh, readjustment. Adjustments. Yeah, and he says we we, we got to continue to do this. We we have no chance otherwise. In other words, if we don't play fast and try to kind of gimmick this up and try to to, to play with a house of cards here, right. we got no chance of winning. And to me, that's what happened with the Cowboys this year. They were they were coaching from a standpoint of you know. I we're thought David's fa- David's comment about not adjusting to the facts on the ground was spot on. Yeah, it was. But let me point this out. There's going to be a whole mess of coaching changes in the NFL, and there's a whole list of candidates out for jobs. Are any of them Cowboy assistants? Two, two coaches out in the NFC East. Right. And, uh, but is, there is nobody on the Cowboy staff that any that any other team is interested no, in hiring. No, it's okay. not. What does that say about the staff? It's not a strong staff. Or, I mean, or, in or terms guys of- who try to be head coaches, and it's I know it's different being a coordinator. Who, who failed pretty miserably. Uh, it, it, it's not what you would say is... Oh, I like that, Kevin. Kevin gave me a... With maybe. Your, give me a maybe. Give me that. Uh, that and and I don't mean line. that they're not good coaches. I mean, it's just not what you would would call a, a staff of up-and-comers. Right. Look, listen, this is what... This is Jason Garrett's M.O., though, is that he's a, obviously a very bright guy. We all know that, right? The Princeton guy. He's very bright. But my problem with Jason Garrett is, is that he, he seems to be slow coming to realization. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, we, saw, I, we heard during the broadcast, I had not heard this all year long, that apparently he told, uh, you know, Barber and Chris Myers that, uh, that Darren McFadden, I was thinking, was going to be my third down back. Your third down back. You thought Joseph Randall was really better. That's scary. Than Darren McFadden. That's scary. Why? Why would you think that? Right. I mean, someone as dumb as I am knows that you watch you watch Darren McFadden in the preseason. Well, I realize his track record, but he looks a, a, a ton better. Either either their evaluations of guys were awful this year, or their usage and their their stubbornness and and what what David said about an inability to adjust to the personnel was was really we're going to we're going to go with these guys no matter what yeah yeah and, and you know here was the thing with des bryant i don't know if the guy was really hurt badly enough that he couldn't play well or not i just he, i don't know he was i, I, mean, I, I, go I back and question look, it's the same exact situation as julio jones and that whole year was lost for julio jones probably and, so but 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 the guy is hurting you it's like sean lee at least takes himself out of the game in right. the last game and says hey I can't play. I can't play it well enough. Anthony Hitchens would be cost better. Cost him $2 million. I'm gonna $2 give, million. I'm going to give you two examples over the last two games of things that frustrated me with with Jason Garrett and, and the whole idea of just playing safe no matter what the situation is. The Buffalo game, you've got Kellen Moore in there. You're first in goal from inside the five, right? And you get the fourth down. It's like fourth in goal from the two, and you're you're down – or down three nothing, or down six get to six the point. three. Get to the and point. And you, you yeah. take you take the field goal there. Right. You've got this rookie quarterback. Let him direct a goal line offense. What do you you have already been eliminated? What do you have to lose there? It's just far too cautious. He went with he went with a fake punt yesterday. That was and this was the other example I was going to cite was the fake punt. But here's a fake punt, and what's it designed to do? To pick up the two yards in the first down, right. not something that may give you a real emotional lift by right. breaking a big play. 
Yeah, I, I think he to me he coached to lose all year, not, not to, lose, to lose all year long. I I, th- I felt like that this was a, he was coaching this team like they were going to the Super Bowl. That we've got to hold on here and try to win this game and make sure, sure what happens. We have the Georgia State graduate and the Houston graduate second guessing the Princeton. The Princeton graduate. graduate? Yeah. That's that. Where did you I, go to I, college? I went to uh, a school that did not have a football team. NYU. The really? Violets. Well, Georgia State went to a bowl this year, and Houston went to a bowl. Did Princeton? Yeah, or... we, were, we were really good, too. And our coach is getting hired by somebody else. <laughs> he's, yeah, your coach is getting ready to leave. Is, 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 he's, he's got, he, he called his wife, hey, get, get everything packed up. We're moving. Well, this, is, this is something that does bother me. Sometimes we, we criticize people who obviously know a lot more about football than we do. And that's my whole point. If, I, if this guy knows so much more football than I do, how can you make some of these decisions? Listen, he does know a lot more football about us. And, and certainly – you know, we we dig and we try and find the bits and scraps of the story, and and, and the NFL is a more cloistered environment than than other clubhouses and locker rooms, and so you don't know the whole the whole complete story. But it certainly seems obvious to me and you, maybe even Barry, and the entire Cowboy fandom, that this was a far too conservative approach once you lost all these skill players, and once the losses started to mount, you had to at some point in time. Make a realization that said, we have got to be a little bit more daring some way. Either we've got to blitz more regularly on defense and try and create turnovers, give our offense field position because they can't move very much, or we've got to be more daring on offense and take some chances. They may be low percent, lower percentage plays, but we've got lower percentage players at this point in time. The, the, they did not do that. Well, when they in the blitz package they used against Washington the first time. Now, I, listen, that worked really worked well, and I, you can't do that every week because teams are game planning for that. But that's what you got to do. You got to mix it up some. You hey, got to when, when you're people. in that situation, you do it until the, it's just like baseball. You do it until the other team baseball. adjusts. But I, I will say that it, look, he's going to go back to college football. I'm going to go back to baseball. You're going to go back to ratings. Yeah. Uh, let me give you some more ratings talk, folks. Well, I broke. Are we, are we getting music? You, have you ever broken exit music? Look at Brian. Brian wants us to go. Before we go, I just want to say, Evan, you're leaving on a long trip tomorrow. I want to wish you well and have a great time on your trip around the world. I am. I'm you go going around the world in a, in a balloon. I listen. I am. Uh, we are going on the Gina and Evan Heritage Tour. We're stopping for three <laughs> days in Italy because my wife is Italian, and then we are going for ten days to Israel. And it's a per- because you're Jewish. Because no, I'm it's Jewish. Because both countries start with I, and that's what Evan's all about. I, I, I. But I would like to point out that, given the fact that there was a shooting in Tel Aviv over the weekend, that there is the possibility is of rocket <laughs> rockets being launched from Lebanon, and that the Saudis and the Iranians have broken off uh, diplomatic ties. It seems like a perfect time, yeah, for me to go to the Middle East. I think I think the State Department would be glad to be sending you over there. That maybe you can handle this. I listen. You could the, broker a peace. You know, the only person who could probably do a better job of handling this peace would be Fraley. If we brought <laughs> yeah. Fraley over there, said Fraley, that would be good. That would I could key a few cars. You're all a bunch of frauds. <laughs> Say goodbye, Evan. Goodbye, Evan. Say goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, Kevin. And we'll see everybody on the next Ball Z. And don't forget to listen to our college football podcast this week as well.